0: intermittent fasting, and wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, the comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. ButcherBox.com slash IFpodcast with code IFpodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes.
1: New customers can use the code cleanforall for all 20 for 20% off their first order. BeautyCounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and
0: welcome. This is episode number two hundred and forty-six of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen?
2: Well, I'm so excited. I have something I want to say that I'm excited about, but first I want to tell you thank you for my Christmas present. Oh, I was going to ask you if it came. It did. It did. And I love it. It's a bread warmer, everybody. It's like, do you have one? No, I don't have one. I always just throw it in a, you know, bread in a basket and put like a dish towel over it and wrap it up. But this is like official. It's like a a stone that you warm in the oven and it's in a little basket Then you put the bread on top of it.
0: It's really going to keep the bread warm. So that's very exciting. I'm so excited. I saw it in a catalog and I was like, Jen Stevens (laughs) needs this. And we're recording this the week before Christmas. Has yours come yet? No, I don't think so. Unless it's there today. Although I was sad. Okay, I was sad because I ordered it and they had a version that had a top but it was completely out of stock and wasn't going to come in until January. But I think, I don't know if I can order the top separately.
2: I don't need the top because I'm probably going to still cover it with like a dish towel or like a nap, a cloth napkin. Like let's say it's Thanksgiving and I have a bunch of people over and I have all the rolls. I'll put them in there and they'll probably be bigger than the container, like like domed up a little bit. And then I'll put something on top to kind of hold it in there. So a top would just like limit the amount of bread I could put in.
0: Okay. That makes sense because I know nothing about bread baking. And I was like, why do they even make a version without a top? But that, okay, that makes sense. Well,
2: but I usually have more bread a, <laughs> than that. If I have a lot of people, you know, So that's perfect.
0: Yay. I didn't even know this was a thing until I saw it. I was like,
2: that's cool. Well, I never would have thought to get one, but I love it. But I have another thing to share because the date that this episode is coming out is the day before Cleanish arrives. I'm so excited. I actually just got two big boxes of books from my publisher. And they were, so, I mean, the boxes said Jen Stevens Cleanish on the outside. It's like the book, like that's what they're sending to bookstores or wherever they're sending, you know, it was like the official book box with like what was inside. I would be more excited by the box. I was so excited by the box and it was like, do not put on sale till January 4th. And it's like, like, we're not kidding. I mean, it was like really exciting, but it is so great to hold the final copy in my hand because the copy I had before was the early reader copy that has it's not formatted properly and it has the typos still in it. And so to have the real one, it looks so beautiful and I just am loving it. So if you haven't pre ordered, everybody, this is honestly your last day to pre order. <laughs> and if you pre order the electronic or the audible version, you'll have it tomorrow. But if you order the paperback, you'll have it soon, as soon as Amazon can get to you. But pre orders really help a lot. So
0: did you see my story? I pre-ordered on Audible.
2: I actually did see that. Oh, and I got this past week, I got my list of what my pickups that I had to do from recording the audio
0: hmm
2: And there were only six lines I needed to read again. It was like, I was amazed. Yes.
0: <laughs> what was it last time? Was it more?
2: I can't even remember. The producer was like, this is amazingly short of a list. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, I credit that to the wonderful team that was with me on while I was doing it. They caught most of while I was you know, live with them. Because I did it from home, but they were on with me. I had an engineer and also director on with me. And so if I made a mistake, they, they caught it. So it's not really that I was such an excellent reader. I'm not taking the credit. It was that I had a great team and they were fabulous.
0: That's very exciting. Can they send me a copy so I can take pictures and promote? Absolutely. I will make that happen. Like, so I can promote it before it comes out.
2: Yep. Well, we'll see if how fast it can get there. But yeah, actually, maybe not. Well, we have a while because we're, we're a couple weeks out here in the real world, even though listeners are one day away. But here's something else that's exciting. Can I just share one more thing? Mm-hmm. sometimes I look, you know, I like to make sure that Delay Don't Deny isn't counterfeit, for example, being sold by a third-party person. So I'll look at Amazon just to see how things are going. And I want to see how Cleanish is doing, you know, in the, the pre-order as far as like new releases, how's it ranking. Fast Feast Repeat, though, has been number one in weight loss on Amazon, like for weeks, like number one on weight loss. That's insane. I mean... I'm like just sitting here in my house in Augusta, Georgia, like I've got the number one weight loss book on Amazon week after week. And it's like shocking. I mean, it's done pretty well all along, but, you know, the obesity code has been number one all the time. It's usually the obesity code. Sometimes Fast Feast Repeat will be there, but I mean, it has been solid number one
0: at least a month, I think. Do you think that's because of the growing interest in intermittent fasting?
2: Well, I do. And and I, I feel like it's the go-to book that people are reading. Like, for example, in the Delight On Tonight community, I mean, if anyone's interested in finding that, go to jenstevens.com slash community. There's a link there. But it's our paid membership community that I'm just loving because I can spend a lot of time there. It's a great, supportive place. But one of the members said she found Fast Feast Repeat because she went to her doctor's office for like a routine visit and was talking about, you know, her health in general. He had a, like a photocopy of the front of Fast Feast Repeat taped to the, you know, how they have cabinets in the exam room. Yeah. It was like taped to the cabinet. So she sent me a snapshot. Like she she showed it to me. So her doctor's like got my book (laughs) taped up in his exam room, like a picture of it, like read that. I'm like that blows my mind. I'm like, "What? How is this even possible?" It's because I'm a teacher. That's that's the only thing. I'm not like, you know, a health guru or a big expert, but you know, apparently teachers can write a good book, you know? We're just I just taught through it. That was it. So. <sighs> anyway, life is good. I feel it feels a little bit like surreal. Like I don't know who that Jen Stevens is, but she's she's done a good job.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. Every now and then I'm like, what if I wake up and this was actually all a dream? I have that moment sometimes.
2: You know, like right this minute, it's the five-year anniversary of Delayed on Deny. I mean, not like today, but like five years ago, I was putting the finishing touches on it today as of this recording day. Like I was finishing it. I was waking up in the middle of the night, like editing in my sleep, you know, still finishing it. It came out December 31st of 16. So we're five years in to Delight on Deny, and it changed my
0: entire life having that book. That's a shocking amount of, like, I don't know, the years go by so fast, but that is so much, I don't want to say progress, but so much, I mean, so much has happened just in those five years.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, 2017 was the year we met and started doing the podcast. 2018 is when What When Wine came out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2018 is when I started intermittent fasting stories. I mean, it just has grown and grown. Yeah, I'm so grateful to every every listener, everyone who's read the book, everyone who's recommended it to somebody else, and everyone who shares intermittent fasting without fear. Because that's why it's so popular and widespread. It's the people. It's the this is a true grassroots effort. Yep. You, you know, a teacher from Augusta, Georgia, writing a number one weight loss book that is growing and growing and the community is growing and growing and it and and here we are. Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> I know. Couldn't be possible without our community. So exactly. The community is amazing. It really really is. Especially like I listen to a lot of stuff about people moaning and groaning about social media. And I understand because I think social media, it's creating so many issues today. And it is, it's a very toxic environment in general, but my experience with it is just so wonderful. Like, (laughs) like my community and everything. And so I'm just, I'm really, really grateful for everything.
2: My Facebook community was 99.9% wonderful. But when you have almost half a million people, even 0.1 hurt. (laughs) Which is why I, it got too big for me. You know, someone said, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before. Someone said, oh, Jen got too big for Facebook. And like, I thought I was too good for Facebook or something. And I'm like, actually, it's the opposite. Facebook got too big for me. I couldn't manage it anymore. And I just couldn't, you know, and have a good quality of life. But I'm grateful to the time I spent on Facebook. And even that 0.1% of of roughness, you know, was worth all the the headache and you know there were tears there were you know it was hard i'm grateful for the whole experience of course i'm really enjoying the the private community like i said you know we're over 2000 members there since we switched it to the new new platform <laughs> which is so good we're loving it and everyone is really you know finding the support we wanted all along but anyway life is good and i'm grateful and you know intermittent fasting makes it easy just to feel good in my life too right it's the gift that keeps on giving
0: I was reflecting on that actually this morning because I was thinking about how before intermittent fasting with the holidays, even when I was doing like low carb, I guess it was just low-carb because when I did paleo, I was already fasting. In any case, before intermittent fasting, whenever the holidays would come around, I would be so nervous about weight gain and all of the holiday food and like recovering. And I was just thinking about it. I'm like, there's no difference to me in the holidays now than there is the rest of the year. If anything, I do better during the holidays. I mean, I do. I probably, you know, I don't weigh. I haven't weighed for years now. I probably, if I
2: did weigh, would see weight gain over the holidays because I I do indulge more because there's just different kinds of events and different kinds of food. I have a fully festive season and then that season is over, right? I don't stress about it. And, and my weight, any weight gain I do have goes away without me stressing over it. Like I don't like have to tighten up my belt in January or get back on the wagon. I'm actually tired of the festivities by the time New Year's Eve is over. I'm like, okay, thank goodness. <laughs>
0: You know, I think there's like two, two types of approaches, like, like you, who you still indulge more, but it's not, you know, it doesn't create these unchangeable ramifications. But then like, for me, I, I don't really indulge more because I I literally don't crave it anymore. Like I'm just as happy eating what I normally eat that there's no point for me to have other things. So like they both work. I'm going to make
2: eggnog today, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't normally be having eggnog. I mean, we're still the week before Christmas here, so when when we're recording this, so I'm going to make some rum chata eggnog. <laughs> it's you know, we're going to enjoy it, but I'm not going to make eggnog all year long. Yeah, it just it just feels like we're sitting by the Christmas tree. I feel like we should have something festive. Will's here; he's staying here at our house for a little while. You know, he's got a house that he's been living in, but he was feeling lonely. He's like, "Can I just come back home?" Well, he's 22 and he's got his cat, and he. He's like, you know, I just, I think he's had all the fun. And he's like, yeah, that wasn't really as much fun as I was expecting. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like with college? Well, you know, he's not been in college. He only went to college for a year and a quarter. He's just been here living at home for a while. But then he moved out. He's, he moved out, I guess, two years ago. Gosh. Yeah. He moved out two years ago and he's been living on his own for two years, but not in college. And like he's had all the fun he could have, and he's like, okay, I'm I'm done with that. If that makes sense, is he not finishing college? No, he dropped out of college um, after a year and a quarter. There's nothing that he wants to do in college right now. So he's, you know, he's a mu- he's my musician, he's my artist, artsy, yeah. So he's playing music, he's got a band, and he likes to write music. But he's he's here at home, and it just feels festive having him here.
0: So we're having our little holiday festive time. (laughs) So what's up with you? I'm super excited because I'm on the cover of Biohackers Magazine right now. That is really exciting. Is that like a paper magazine that you can actually get?
2: Or is it a digital magazine? It's digital. That's still exciting.
0: Yeah. So you can get it on like Kindle or Google Books. I made a redirect link for it if you want to get it on Amazon. So if you go to melanieavalon.com/biohackersmagazine or their website is biohackersmagazine.com. I'm on the cover. That is so exciting. I mean you're a great biohacker. <laughs> And um, it has like an exclusive interview and I talk about fasting and wine and I talk about the pandemic and sleep and it's really, really great. And I had a really fun moment. So it's created by a guy named Jean, I guess his last name is Falakara, but he's, he's super incredible. He's really intense. He's all into calisthenics, bodybuilding world. If you look at his Instagram, it's very impressive. So it's his magazine and he wanted to have me on the cover. So, yeah, so that was exciting. But then something else that was fun was I went on his IG Live this past week. And it's so interesting because, Jen, have you done an IG Live? I have. I don't love them. I feel silly
2: talking. I don't know. I don't like
0: <laughs> Yes, I have. Yeah. So it's interesting because you can see how many people are like popping in and out. And so it was just an interesting experience. I've done them before, but not with like a a really big audience, but he has like thousands of people who watch his lives. So you see this like number ticking of like, now there's 2000 people watching, now there's 1500. And like, it changes so fast because people on Instagram, it's just so interesting how fast people's attention is. (laughs) So it's, it's so interesting to see that number. I was like getting so fixated on the number, like (laughs) like how fast it was changing. And then I was comparing it to this experience with a podcast because, you know, we have a lot more than 2,000 people who listen to this show, but there's something different about it not being live. I was much more aware of the audience. Doesn't
2: it feel a little frantic? To me, it does. When I'm on a live,
0: yeah. Like I was much more aware of the audience and like feeling watched or listened to compared to this where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening, but because they're not listening right now, it's just, it's very interesting.
2: Yeah, it really, really is. And I don't even mind being on a radio show I just don't like people like looking at me live on a video. I don't know why. I Looking into a camera, like I'm actually better in front of a live audience than I am. Oh, me too. I like, I don't mind being in front of a live audience. I'm going to do an event in January and in, in Greenwood, South Carolina, where I'm going to talk to just, you know, people about intermittent fasting. And for some reason, sitting in front of the little screen trying to, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's not my thing. I don't like doing lives at all. I don't like them. So I just don't do them unless, I mean, I will if someone asks me and it's a big thing, but I'm nervous. I don't like it. It's out of my comfort
0: zone. Anyway, same page. So, yep. So we'll put links to everything that we talked about thus far in the show notes, which will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 246. Shall we jump into questions for today? Yes, let's get started. So to start things off, we have a question from Taylor. The subject is window placement issues. Taylor says, hello, ladies. I have a lot of windshield time while working, and I'm so glad that I found y'all's podcast. Y'all are wonderful to listen to and very informative. I am a 28-year-old male, father of three girls, two of them being twins. So between home and work, I have very little extra time. Being so short on time, I go to the gym at 5 a.m. to make sure I get the exercise in, but I don't start my window until 11 a.m. for the 11 to 6 window. I guess my main question is, what is better between eating after the workout or before bed to supplement my body? So
2: I guess, Melanie, he's asking, like, when does he need the protein, you think? Like, what do you think he means by supplement my body?
0: I just took it to mean, like, what eating window should he be doing in general, giving... The fact that he's exercising at 5 a.m. So should he be having an earlier window? Closer to that. He says, or before bed. So, well, I guess he probably goes to bed earlier too. He's getting up that early. Yeah, he is getting up early. Yeah. So should he have like a an earlier breakfast, lunch window, you think? Or should he have like a lunch, dinner window?
2: I don't think there is a best answer for this, Taylor, other than how do you feel? If you Work out at 5 am and then it's very easy for you to wait till 11 to eat. and that's a great time to open your window and it fits with your routine. And then you eat from eleven to six and then you close your window and you continue to feel good and then you go to bed, feeling good, then that sounds like ideal. Ideal is what feels like a lifestyle to you, so that you aren't you don't want to be white knuckling it through your fasts on either end of your fast. You know If you eat too early, you might be too hungry later in the day. If you eat too late, you might be really hungry after your workout, more like, you know, 11, 12, you're starving. So I wouldn't try, you know, don't fix what ain't broken, right? (laughs) If 11 to 6 feels good with your 5 a.m. workout, keep doing it. On the flip side, if you find you're so hungry that you just can't wait till 11, then maybe you need to shift a little earlier. Or if, you know, you're closing at 6 and then you're so hungry at 8, you can't stand it. Shift it a little later. It's just really all about finding the sweet spot that works for you.
0: Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get my favorite electrolytes for free, plus special announcement. Element's new chocolate medley is here. So when you think electrolytes, you might think summer and hot times and needing to stay hydrated. But did you know that hydration is actually super important in cold weather as well? There's an idea out there that cold weather reduces our hydration needs that's not true. So in the cold, two main things can actually increase our metabolic rate. You may be working harder, tramping through the snow, and you can be wearing cumbersome winter clothing that can actually raise your energy needs by 10 to 20 percent. and as your metabolic rate raises your sweat rate raises and you need to replace those fluids with electrolytes you also lose more water when it's cold through your breath that's because cold temperatures contain significantly less water than hot temperatures aka it's drier outside When you breathe in that cold, dry air, your respiratory system actually acts like a humidifier so that your body can be warm and humid like it likes to be. Of course, that drains your hydration reserves as well. One study actually found that respiratory water loss after a full day of activity nearly doubled at freezing temperatures compared to the 70s. On top of that... When you're cold, you actually become less thirsty, possibly from blood vessel constrictions in the cold, which can trick the body into thinking the blood volume is higher than it is. In other words, it's cold out there. You probably need hydration and electrolytes are so key for all of these cellular processes in your body, all of your energy production. It all requires electrolytes, but it can be hard to find electrolytes, which are clean, without unnecessary fillers and which you can feel good about drinking. That's why I love Element. There's a reason I'm obsessed with it. There's a reason all you guys are as well. And like I said, I'm so excited because Element's new chocolate medley is here featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. And this is a limited time, so you definitely wanna stock up on these now. Plus, you can get a free gift with purchase when you purchase that chocolate medley or other element electrolytes. That's right. You can get a free sample pack, eight single serving packets for free with any element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinklmnt.com ifpodcast. That's drinklmnt.com ifpodcast. By the way, those chocolates in that chocolate medley make delicious hot chocolates. And of course, as always, Element has a no questions asked refund, so you have nothing to lose. So go to drinklmnt.com slash if podcast to get your free electrolytes. Yes, I cannot agree more. And a really important question, or actually, yeah, it is probably pretty important would be with the exercise, the type of exercise and the goals of the exercise. So because he doesn't say anything about his stats. Like he doesn't say if he's trying to lose weight or if this is like muscle building, which are all different situations. Because, you know, for fat burning, for example, you might get the maximum fat burning benefit if you do wait longer to eat. You stimulated a lot of fat burning from the exercise and then you're really ramping up the fat burning mode with the fasting. But if it's not about that at all, it's like what Jen said, it's, it would really be what's more comfortable for you. And one thing we do know, we've talked about a lot in this show before is there's a thought out there that you have to eat immediately after working out. And a lot of that is likely not accurate. So some people think on the fueling side of things, oh, you need to you know refuel right after working out. But especially for like weight loss goals and things like that, that's not necessarily needed, especially if you're in the fat burning state, you are you have energy coming from yourself. It's not like you completely run out and then don't have energy. And then for the muscle building, the anabolic window can be up to 24 hours, meaning you do have 24 hours to take in your protein to build muscle. The only thing about building muscle per se is there is the argument that can be made, and this wouldn't exactly be Super applicable for Taylor because he already has a longer window that could encompass two meals, but it is possible that if you're actually trying to build muscle that you might benefit from multiple muscle protein synthesis moments. So you might need a longer window with punctuated protein intake compared to like one shorter window with a large protein intake. That's more for when you're getting into like bodybuilding, muscle building, things like that. So, but yeah, it really is what's working for you. So like if you're doing what you're doing and you're not hungry and you're sleeping well, because sleep would be the other thing. A lot of people adjust their windows to address their sleep habits. But if what you're doing is working, just do what's working.
2: All right. I think we got it. We have a question from Mary Ellen and the subject is celery powder. She says, hi, ladies. I've been intermittent fasting for a few years and I love it. I recently had my first colonoscopy, and they found a lesion that will need to be removed in a separate colonoscopy, so I am now changing my diet to be more conscious about the threat of colon cancer. I followed the Atkins diet for about 10 years prior to starting IF, so I have a history of eating a ton of meat, beef, chicken, sausage, cold cuts, anything that didn't have carbs. Thanks to you, I now know about grass-fed, grass-finished meat, and I will be giving up all cold cuts. I've been doing some research on uncured products like the bacon from ButcherBox, and I'm finding that companies are now using celery powder in their uncured products instead of nitrates. This sounds like it's becoming controversial because celery powder isn't necessarily safe in the way it's processed, but is being listed as organic. Melanie, have you looked into this at all? I know that you do a lot of research on the things you eat. Would you be able to give me any input if celery powder is truly safe? Thanks, Mary Ellen. And Melanie, I just this is me adding. I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I haven't looked into celery powder at all. I don't eat even like bacon. I I rarely eat any kind of bacon or cold cut or sausage. Well, I do eat like sausage, but that's different. But like you know, like a when I say a sausage, I mean like a summer sausage. You know, like a hot dog or a you know what I mean by that kind of
0: sausage, like hot dogs. Yeah.
2: Well, but not exactly even like hot dogs, more like a Hickory Farms kind of sausage or something. Like I'll use loose sausage that's like very, you know, it's basically just ground pork with maybe some (laughs) whatever in there. But so I'll be interested to see this. But I really don't eat a lot of cured meat. Like I can't even think of the last time I had bacon.
0: Same here. I was excited to get this question for the reason that you just said, Jen, because I I didn't know the answer. And I was like, oh, that's actually... I want to know this. So so I did a lot of research. First of all, I'm happy that you found the lesion that you you know had that colonoscopy. You know, it's really wonderful that now you can be changing your diet accordingly. So that's really really wonderful that you found that. So when it comes to meat and colon cancer, I'm not going to go into a huge tangent on that, but so meat has been associated with colon cancer. The um, presentation of the studies have been a little bit overhyped because of material released by the WHO about meat being potentially a carcinogen. And we talked about this on a, a recent episode, but the correlation is much stronger with processed meats. The correlation with actual meat, if you look at the actual data and what the numbers are saying, it's, and especially, I think, if you take in factors like, diet context and the healthy user bias and things like that, I'm not really personally worried about the meat cancer connection, but the processed meat does have a lot more evidence behind it. And one reason for that is because of the added nitrites and nitrates. And that's what we're getting to with the celery powder here, that whole conversation. So there's nitrites and nitrates. They're different things, but they can have the same effect. They are added to meat for a few different reasons when they're curing meat to make processed meat like bologna and bacon and sausages and things like that. So they help preserve the meat. They work as an antimicrobial, so they can get rid of a lot of potentially problematic bacteria that can grow in meat. They give the meat a pinkish color. So bologna, for example, would actually be gray if it didn't have... Oh, gross. (laughs)
2: I'm sorry, that just sounds. I don't think anyone
0: would eat gray baloney. What do you think? I know, I know. They extend the shelf life and they also add a flavor. And I thought this was really interesting. I was researching the flavor that they add. So there's like this distinctive flavor that's in all processed meats. And it's really hard to like put your finger on it. And they don't actually know what part of the nitrates and nitrates cause it, but it is from that. So the problem is that when these nitrites and nitrates, I'm lumping them together, but when they're exposed to high heat or iron, or if they bond with protein, those are things that are often found in meat, you know, so protein, iron, and then meat is often heated. They can convert to nitrosamines and those are the compounds linked to cancer. So nitrites and nitrates themselves are not carcinogens, but nitrosamines that they can form are. Our dietary load of nitrates and nitrites is actually about 50 to 75%. This was data from the UK and France, not the US, but this seems to be the general idea across the board. So, about 50 to 75% of our overall dietary intake every day is not from meat. It's actually from vegetables and water. It's a very small amount, even if you're eating processed meats, that comes from meat. That said, it is in a concentrated form in the meat. And like I said, it is linked to cancer. So meats that are cured with added nitrates and nitrites, they often have vitamin C or vitamin E added because those antioxidants can actually stop that reaction. It can actually stop them from becoming nitrosamines. So I found one really fascinating study and it said that if there's a ratio of antioxidants of two to one, so two times antioxidants to nitrite, it actually will completely inhibit nitrosamine formation. So if you have adequate antioxidants, that formation won't take place. I would not add added nitrates and nitrites to your diet. And I do think that that's probably a reason that processed foods are linked to colon cancer. Okay. Celery. So in order to avoid this whole issue, Companies started looking for alternatives to preserve meats and have the same effect. And celery powder is actually very, very highly concentrated in nitrites. Because remember how I said before that our vegetable intake is actually usually our highest source of exposure every single day. So they're very high in celery. So the controversy is that when nitrates and nitrites are added in the form of celery powder, it's not considered a added nitrate or nitrite. So the product can say, the product can actually say that it's uncured, even though it's technically cured, it's just cured through the celery powder instead. The product can also say, because of the regulations, and I'm not, I want to stop myself from going on a tangent, but it's kind of like the supplement industry, like the nuances of regulations and how things can get twisted. So the celery can be non-organic and it can be added for this purpose to an organic product. Why is that a problem? The uh, ewG actually did a study and the vegetable with the highest amount of pesticides and chemicals was non-organic celery,
2: probably because it like is so watery that makes sense like it just it holds on to things, right?
0: Yeah, it concentrates all of them. The irony is that you could have some organic quote uncured meat. And then you flip it over and it has celery powder. So it actually still has nitrates and nitrites and that celery powder is likely not organic. And then on top of that, a further issue is that when the nitrates and nitrites are in the form of added nitrates and nitrites, they have to be regulated. So there's a maximum amount that can be in the product. When it's in the form of celery, It doesn't have to be regulated. So we don't know, but there could actually be way more nitrates and nitrites in theory if celery powder is added because there's no regulation. All of that said, some people say, well, it's from celery powder, so it's more natural and it has probably more natural antioxidants and it's not as problematic. I thought for sure there would be like a really good study comparing celery powder to added nitrates and nitrites. So I did find one study comparing them and it found that... When celery juice was added, used as a nitrite, it created between 30 to 60 milligrams per kilograms of um, residual nitrate levels compared to 90 for added nitrites. So somewhere between 300% or I guess if we're doing it reverse, somewhere between 50% to 300% more. In added versus celery. So, where do we go from here? Basically, I think that, oh, and then one last point is that the nitrates and the nitrates from celery can have the same effect. Like they can still convert to nitrosamines. It's really going to be the context of are they in a context of heat, of iron, of proteins, and are there ample antioxidants? So, <laughs> Where do we go from here? I think that it's definitely something to be wary of. So, we are huge, huge fans of Butcher Box. They're actually a sponsor on today's show. They do have a bacon, for example, that is said to be like nitrate free, but that's because it has no added nitrates or nitrates. It still has the celery powder. So, if I had to choose between bacon with added nitrates and nitrites from like pure form, chemical formulation, compared to the celery, I would still probably choose the celery. I'm just more comfortable with that. But that said, I think it's really important just to have this education and and make the choice for yourself. What's probably most important with all that is the actual meat itself. So like with butcher boxes, bacon, for example, like it's pasture raised, it's sustainable. It doesn't have added sugar. So I would look, if you're like a bacon person and you're having bacon, I would look at the entire context and make your decision with all of this in mind. But if you are like super concerned about colon cancer, like Mary Ellen, it probably would just be best to avoid processed meats. So if you're ordering butcher box, maybe don't get the bacon, maybe get everything else. That was really, really long. Jen, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, that just goes to show they can hide, you know, all sorts of things with innocent sounding words. We find that in all products, (laughs) foods, Cleaning products, personal care products. I talk about this a lot in Cleanish, but, you know, here's the way I look at it. Think of a continuum of foods, right? Okay, I'm going to put baloney on the far end of, you know, ultra, ultra processed. probably don't want it, right? And then on the opposite end of the continuum would be like a slab of meat from a pig, like the actual, just the pork, right? Just pork and you're going to do something with it. And then along that continuum, you've got things that are closer to the bologna, things that get closer to the just the pork itself, and that's the whole part. Like I talk about being cleanish, you know, where are you going to fall on that continuum? You know, you could only eat, you know, the whole pork, and that's that's. I was going to say you couldn't, but then I thought Melanie probably does. (laughs) I've decided not to say that, you know, but most of us are probably not going to only just eat the pork. We're going to be on that continuum somewhere. And so, you know, I think like a butcher box kind of bacon is definitely closer to that, just the pork side. I just try to be closer to that when I can. If you have a real health concern that you know you're really working on, then you might want to, you know, err on the side of not having any processed meats at all. But... It's really easy to avoid, you know, the super processed ones like the bolognese and the standard kind of bacon or things like that. The lunch meats. It's easy to not have those and just get closer to the real food continuum. You can start going down the rabbit hole of now you're afraid to eat anything and you're just eating like a slab of meat and a vegetable. And, and I don't want you to, to live like that unless that is how you love to live. You know, if it feels really good and that's how you like to eat, eat that way. But, you know, I'm going to eat bacon. I don't eat a lot of it. And that's why I don't stress out so much. If something happened in my food delivery box that happens from time to time, you know, one old get lost in transit. The packing company will lose it. I don't know. So we have to scramble for meals. We sometimes do breakfast for dinner. And Chad will buy bacon. It doesn't happen very often, thank goodness. But he'll buy like a really good quality, high quality bacon and I'm sure it's got celery powder in it, but it's it's on that continuum closer to the the better side. But we don't eat that a lot. So I'm not even at all worried about it because we're getting the best bacon we can find locally. It's not an everyday thing. So it's just a matter of coming to terms with what you can feel comfortable with. If you are rarely eating bacon, then I wouldn't hesitate to use one that had, you know, a celery powder kind of a thing in it. If it's an everyday thing, then it, it's time to be a little more choosy about it. That's really how I decide. If I were at a restaurant and and when I go out to eat, we don't have anything around me that's like super organic or, you know, you can't even find it. So I don't even like investigate. If I wanted to eat a burger that had bacon on it, I would just eat it and it would be closer to that baloney side of the continuum. But it's very rare. On the flip side, if I were someone who ate out a lot, I would be more choosy about, you know, what I chose to eat there. So that's just a, a long way of saying, I think the amount that you eat it how how much it's in your diet, would determine how how much you would want to be concerned
0: about it. Does that make sense, melanie? Yeah, no, I was actually thinking that, so I'm glad that you that you said that for sure, and then also, yeah, and then just like keeping in mind the context of everything, so having some bacon that's like super super cooked and burned with you know other iron and high heat is going to be a lot more problematic than like some bacon in the context of a salad or, you know, like the context can make a huge difference. So especially if you're adding those antioxidants. Yep. Oh, and by the way, I would eat bologna if I'm
2: probably not ever going to buy it, but we used to eat fried bologna sandwiches. They were so
0: good. See, fried bologna would probably not be, that would be an example of You would not eat that ever. I was going to say it'd be an example of a way to really increase the nitrosamine potential.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm sure it would be awful. I'm sure it would be. But I'm cleanish. I would not probably eat that a lot. But if I were somewhere, let's imagine I'd had a couple of beers. Okay. Hypothetically. (laughs) And there was like a fried bologna sandwich. Oh, my gosh. I would totally eat it. But it's not a day-to-day thing. So I wouldn't stress about it. Like you're not ruining everything by having that you know, one time. But I probably would, I mean, I 100% would not eat fried bologna sandwiches every day of my life. And I wouldn't feel guilty if I ate one. I just, you know, it's all about keeping your your toxic load low as you, you know, over time by making good choices most of the time. Exactly. Cleanish.
0: Available now. (laughs) Tomorrow. Available tomorrow. So we have one last question from Christine, and the subject is mushroom supplement. And Christine says, I read that mushroom, like Reiki, cordyceps, et cetera, supplements should be taken while fasting, but I really want to check with you first because I can't find information on this anywhere else. All right. So
2: here's just a little quick tip. You can literally read that anything is okay to have while fasting, like somewhere. Just because you read it somewhere doesn't mean it's right with fasting because, I mean, there there is a train of thought that as long as you have fewer than 50 calories, it doesn't break a fast. I mean, I do not. Neither Melanie nor I agree with that. But that would mean you could literally have 50 calories, 40, 49 calories of pizza, and it wouldn't break the fast. So anyway, a lot of bad information out there. So I'm glad you're asking us, Christine. So here's the thing. Well, you know, it depends if you're taking it as a supplement. You know, we've got three fasting goals. We want to keep our insulin low by not taking in anything that our body's going to think is food, anything that's going to, we also don't want to stimulate digestion. We want to tap into our stored fat for fuel, so we don't want to take in anything that's going to interfere with that. We want to keep autophagy going strong, so we don't want to take in any source of protein. We want our autophagy to be maximized during the fast. So, for me, personally, my rule of thumb is if it's food-like, I don't have it during the fast. So I don't take supplements during the fast. Now, I will say back when I took seropeptides. Oh, and by the way, Melanie, I ordered some of your seropeptides. It's coming. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I ordered some. I want to see what it does. I'm just going to try it. Anyhow, so anyway, that that is coming. And I will take that during the fast because it has to be kept away from food. Other than that, I don't take any supplements, and I absolutely wouldn't take any supplements that were made from food, just personally as a rule of thumb. So, you know, if I wanted to supplement with mushrooms, first of all, I would just probably eat mushroom, but I know these are some specialized mushrooms that have special properties. I would still keep it in my eating window. That's what I would do. Anything that's food-like or made out of food, I just am like, that sounds like food. I'm
0: going to keep it during my eating window. So, what do you think about that, Melanie? I agree as well. It's interesting. Somebody was posting in my group yesterday asking about taking turmeric and serapeptase at the same time. And I was thinking about this concept, like, because turmeric, people take it as a supplement. But, like, to me, turmeric, I still think of it as a food, you know, like a spice. For me, anything that is food related, like Jen said, I would not take fasted.
2: Here's something like, like turmeric, for example. Can I just pop in with this? It actually works with food. I mean, I feel like you would have better results from turmeric taking it with food. Like, so many things work synergistically with food. So, actually, like taking it in an isolated
0: state is, is like not as good. Like, it's not, not better. I agree. And the difference, to clarify, with seropeptase, like, so why is it magical? Like, why can we take it during the fast? It's not a food. It's an enzyme. It's not providing any energy. I don't know what else to say besides that it's an enzyme. <laughs> so, like, it's going into your um, bloodstream and it's it's working on cells and it's actually... I think it synergistically works with fasting incredibly because it's upregulating processes that your body would be doing while fasting, like breaking down old proteins. And it's very much like, in a way, it's like amplifying the fast, I think. So anything though, that's like nutrient or food related, I would definitely take as part of your eating window. And I agree, Jen, that I think it works synergistically with your food when it's food related.
2: Yeah, like like turmeric and black pepper work together. I mean, you would cook with both of them. And if you were making a, a dish that had turmeric and you'd probably add pepper because it's delicious and that's how we cook. But they actually, those compounds work synergistically together and provide more benefits together than they would in isolation. So that's that's the thing. If we just stick with food and the herbs and the spices and just keep them in the context of food, they're helping you get. You know, the phytochemicals out of the, the food, they work together and they give you more benefits together than if you're just popping a pill in isolation. I don't know. We've, we've gotten so like uh, like we want to just take a pill for, uh, for it or have it used in isolation when the magic is with the food.
0: Hi, friends. One of my favorite foods for gut health, skin, cravings, energy, and immunity is definitely bone broth. I and so many of my listeners love bone broth, but it can also be intimidating because it can be hard to find a bone broth that is all natural, organic, free of preservatives, and especially no salt added. Of course, you can always make your own, which I love, but that can be a little bit of a cumbersome process. That's why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty and the Broth. They make it so, so easy to bring bone broth into your life because they ship it in concentrated form in shelf-stable packets. It's easy to store, doesn't take up space. You don't have to worry about keeping it frozen. And then when you reconstitute it with water, you can customize it exactly to your tastes. It is incredible. Beauty in the Broth makes delicious bone broth from vegetarian-fed free-range chicken bones and USDA organic grass-fed ranch-raised beef. The meat and bones come from certified humane and USDA organic farms, no antibiotics, no hormones. They also use organic vegetables and powerful herbs that are so delicious all without any added salt or sodium. A lot of the broths on the market are also kettle or pressure cooked, which breaks down ingredient nutrients and reduces their integrity and potency. Beauty in the Broth doesn't do that. They let all of those amazing ingredients slowly simmer for up to 24 hours to create a broth that is super high in naturally occurring collagen and nutrients. Your gut will thank you, I promise. We often get questions about the best way to open your eating window. This is an incredible way to do that. Especially when you're in the fasted state, your gut is super ready to absorb these nutrients and bone broth contains the specific nutrients needed to heal your gut, help with leaky gut, support digestion, and so much more. And when it's cold in the winter months, what tastes better than a warm cup of bone broth? You will notice it in your nails, in your gut health, in your hair, in your improved recovery, increased energy. And did I mention it's so convenient and so easy to use. They've also got a vegan mushroom broth, which is super rich in umami and delicious for all of you vegans out there. And you can get 15% off site-wide Just go to melanieavalon.com slash broth and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 15% off site-wide. That's melanieavalon.com slash broth with the coupon code melanieavalon for 15% off site-wide. Friends, if you've been wanting to get on the bone broth train, this is the way to do it. Definitely check it out, and we'll put all this information in the show notes. Yeah, and actually to that point. So I'm actually super on the fence about the turmeric black pepper combination because that is often proposed as a way to make it more bioavailable. But then I've listened to research saying the black pepper does something with inhibiting some enzyme and something, something, something. I, I'd i have to find the research that I was looking at, but basically it's debated if that's actually what you want. So that's why I actually get nervous about concentrated pills that are black pepper curcumin or black pepper turmeric combinations. But like in the context of a meal, like adding pepper and adding turmeric, like I just think it naturally regulates itself and probably does what it needs to be doing when it's in like its whole foods form. I I actually get a little bit nervous with trying to figure out the specific mechanism of action of like turmeric and then concentrating it. So for example, like With turmeric, they'll often make curcumin supplements, which is basically the active ingredient in turmeric that is often thought to be the cause of the health benefits. So they'll make curcumin supplements. But then the literature on curcumin isn't exactly what you would think it would be for all of the benefits that we see with turmeric. And I think it's probably because there's probably a lot going on synergistically with a lot of stuff in turmeric that just taking the isolated curcumin it might not be having that that same effect. I
2: one hundred percent talk about this in cleanish. I mean, no, yeah, cleanish. I was like, where did I talk about that? Yes, cleanish. <laughs> What's the name of my book? Where am I? What am I doing anyway? In cleanish, I talk about this. We think that we know what is doing it. Like, like you just said, we think we've identified this is the compound in turmeric that makes it so magical. Let's isolate it and then take just that. But really in these herbs and spices and plant foods like a tomato, there are thousands of phytochemicals in there. And so there are actually some studies, I can't remember exactly what it was about, but there was a study that I talked about that off off the top of my head, they isolated the compound and they're like, this is going to be beneficial. And it actually made people worse when they isolated it. I can't remember what it was, but That just goes to show we really don't know as much as we think we do. You know, it's not like that's the one magical thing in there that's providing the benefit. It's really all of it is in there doing stuff.
0: Yeah. So actually, like the massive rabbit hole I'm in right now is I've been researching for berberine because... Berberine is this compound that has incredible effects in studies for regulating blood sugar levels, reducing A1C. People focus on it for blood sugar, but it does so many other things as well. Now they make dihydroberberine, which is like it's one of the metabolites of berberine because it is supposed to have greater effects on blood sugar levels and be easier to absorb. And I'm so haunted and torn right now about. Is it possible that there are things in berberine besides the dihydroberberine that maybe we're missing out? It's really hard to know. I would say highly likely. That's highly likely. Because
2: whenever we try to keep isolating, you know, drilling down to that one thing, you're missing all those other things like that you don't even know what they're doing. And they might be really,
0: really important. Yeah. So... Not that I'm developing a berberine or anything, but not that I'm like trying to figure out the answer to this question. But yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. And I think context is so important and so key. Oh, and I want to throw in a link because if anybody would like to get my serpeptase, you can get it at avalonx.us. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. Again, these show notes will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 246. You can get all of these stuff that we like at com slash stuff we like. And you can follow us on Instagram. I am Melanie Avalon, Jen is Jen Stevens. And I think that is all the things and Jen, happy launch night. So for listeners listening today, is it like at midnight that it starts? I don't know. I don't know. Like when it, when it like downloads on your Kindle, I have no idea. (laughs) I will say if you ever do a midnight launch, just take into consideration, people might not like it. (laughs) Look, I got nothing to do with this. launch. I just wrote the book and turn it all in. The publisher is
2: 100% in charge. Like if there's something wrong with a copy of your book, don't email me. I did not. (laughs) That does happen sometimes. (laughs) Printing error. Go back to where you bought it. They will be able to help you. I cannot help you, believe it or not. I'm just the one who wrote the book. But in the publishing world, that's less important than you would think. I mean, no, not really. But you know what I mean. There's a lot of people with their hands on this along the way. Yeah.
0: Well, Congrats in advance. I'm very excited for you. This is very exciting. What a way to start the new year. I know. I'm so excited. And scared. I'm scared. I was gonna say don't be scared, but I think all feelings are fine. So well, when you put anything out into the world, you don't know
2: how people are gonna perceive it or like it or if they won't like it. And I know the main people who have read Cleanish so far, believe it or not, are people who are not in in my main audience. You know, people like Abel James. Or, I mean, I love Cynthia Thurlow, but she doesn't listen to my, you know, she's she's read it. You know, people like that. I was just on someone's podcast this week, and he had a copy of it. And so those people have all really liked it. But I'm like, but what if my audience doesn't like it? You know, just because these other people like it
0: doesn't mean my audience is going to like it. So I hope that people do. I'm sure your audience will love it. I don't, I mean, I haven't read it yet, but I don't see why they... (laughs) I don't see why they wouldn't based on what I know. I hope they do. It's it actually
2: has more science, it's more sciency than anything I've written before. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to have you on the show for it. Well, I can't wait either. And you know, it's long. It's like 400 and something pages long. And but I, there were things I had to leave out. I mean, you can't talk about everything. Oh yeah, I know. There's too many things. There's so many things. Could have been like a million pages
0: long. I finally would have, like had to stop writing things. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited too. I'm going to listen to it on because whenever I'm prepping for the show, it's always like, am I reading it or am I doing it on Kindle? Am I reading it or am I listening on the audiobook? In yours, I'll be listening on the audiobook. I'll drop a copy in the mail because I've got all these copies that they sent me.
2: So I'll just, I'll get a copy sent off to you. I can pop it in there.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. The music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.